you and Hooky Walker. Now see here, Speed. Do you want me to shift your blasted bullion or don't you? Well, I go tonight or not at all. And your embassy funds can stand the row for my passage home too, when the thing's done. Well, what do you say? That something is up. No error. His eyes widened. I say, the Austrian traps ain't after you, are they? Because if they were, I dare assist your flight, silver or no silver. Dash it, I'm a diplomat. Of course taint the traps. What sort of fellow do you think I am? Good God, hadn't we been chums since boyhood? Yes, and it's cause I know what kind of chum you can be that I repeat, what's up, Flash? Come up, old boy. This is old speed, remember, and you can't humbug him. Well, true enough, I couldn't. And I'll tell you what I told him that night in the Hotel Victoria, not the smartest pub in Trieste. But as a patriotic little minion of our Vienna embassy, Speedy Cut was bound to put up there. And it should explain the somewhat cryptic exchanges with which I've begun this chapter of my memoirs in my tale of the strangest campaign in the whole history of British arms. And that takes in some damned odd affairs, a few of which I've borne a reluctant hand in myself. But Abyssinia took the cake, currants and all. Never anything like it, and never will be again. For me, the business began in the summer of 67, on the day that almighty idiot Emperor Maximilian of Mexico strode out before a Jurista firing squad, unbuttoned his shirt, cool as a trout, and cried, Viva Mexico! Viva la independencia! Shoot soldiers! Through the heart! Which they did, with surprising accuracy for a platoon of dagos, thereby depriving Mexico of its crowned head and flashy of his employer and protector. I was skulking on a rooftop nearby, and when I saw Max take a header into the dust, I knew that the time had come for me to slip my cable. You see, I'd been his fairly loyal aide-de-camp in his recent futile struggle against Suarez's Republicans. Not a post I'd taken from choice, but I'd been a deserter from the French Foreign Legion at the time. They were polluting Mexico with their presence in those days, supporting Max on behalf of his sponsor, that ghastly louse Louis Napoleon, and I'd been only too glad of the refuge Max had offered me. He'd been under the mistaken impression that I'd saved his life in an ambush at Texatl, poor ass, when in fact I'd been one of Jesus Montero's gang of ambushes. But we needn't go into that at the moment. What mattered was that Max had taken me on the strength. The frogs cleared out in March of 67, leaving Max in the lurch with typical Gallic loyalty. But while that removed one menace to my well-being, there remained others from which Max could be no protection, quick or dead. Like the Juaristas, who'd rather have strung up a royalist ADC than eaten their dinners, or that persevering old bandolero, Jesus Montero, who was bound to find out eventually that I didn't know where Montezuma's treasure was. Hell of a place, Mexico, and damn confused. But all you need to know for the present is that after Max bought the bullet, I'd have joined him in the dead cart if it hadn't have been for the delectable Princess Agnes Salm Salm and the still happily ignorant Jesus. They'd been my associates in a botched attempt to rescue Max on the eve of his execution. We'd failed because, you'll hardly credit this, the great clown had refused point-blank to escape because it didn't sort with his imperial dignity, 
Austro-Hungarian royalty preferring to die rather than go over the wall. Well, hell mend em, I say, and if the House of Habsburg goes to the knackers, it won't be my fault. I've done my unwilling best for em. Ungrateful bastards. At all events, darling Aggie and greasy Jesus had seen me safe to Vera Cruz, where she had devised the most capital scheme for getting me out of the country. Max, having been brother to the Austrian emperor, Franz Josef, his death had caused a sensation in Vienna. They hadn't done a damn thing useful to save his life, but they made up for it with his corpse, sending a warship to ferry it home. And since Aggie was the wife of a German princeling, a heroine of the royalist campaign, and handsome as Hebe, they were all over her when we went aboard the Navarra frigate at Sacrificios. Admiral Tegethoff, all beard and belly, munched her knuckles and gave glad welcome even to the begrimed and ragged peon whom she presented as the Ober...